opportunity squandered? Absolutely. A crushing blow? Yes. Will I get over it? Mm. No. It's safe to say, Bill's Mafia, today we are all Dwight Schrute. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Lidkowski. That man on the other side of the screen, on the other side of the headphones, that is Nick Veronica, my best friend, co-host, and today, my therapist. Nick, I am at a loss for words. We are 24 hours about-ish from the end of the game last night, the AFC Championship game, not just a game. And uh, needless to say, the Buffalo Bills laid an egg. You know, I, I really don't know how else to say it. They just did not show up. Dude, I don't know if I'm going to be much help as a therapist. Like, that was just a frustrating, frustrating game. The Bills, they had, they had, they couldn't stop the Chiefs at all. They played better than the Chiefs all season. It's almost like the Chiefs were kind of sleepwalking until it mattered, like this is the NBA or something, and then just absolutely turned it on. They, like that was the best game the Chiefs played all season, and well, the Bills, the Bills just looked helpless. Uh, I'll give credit where credit's due, man. When we had uh, Bray on before the playoff game, um, oh, before the Dolphins game, we had Bray on, and he said. Don't sleep on the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are literally just taking time off. They'll know when to put the gas on when they get to the playoffs. And they they sure did. Um that offense is something. You know, I I don't I didn't rewatch the whole game, but I got done with work a little early today and 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 the game was on, so I, I kind of watched it. That's uh, sadistic. Why would you do that? Because there was nothing else on TV. Like four o'clock in the afternoon, I, I didn't want to watch <laughs> anything else. Just, just driving that knife deeper. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but one thing I noticed that offense was running a ton of RPOs all game. Like, I don't know if you watch a lot of college football, uh, Nick or not, but obviously living in the South, like college football is a big deal. So we do watch a lot of it, and obviously there's a lot of Alabama down here in, in SEC country, and. That offense last night reminded me so much of the Alabama ran offense, just tons of motion, which the Chiefs ran motion 86% of the time they put a man in motion when they were at the line, which is unbelievable. That was their most all season. But they kept guys moving. They ran a ton of RPOs and just completely threw this defense off, which this defense, by the way, what were they doing coming out with this soft – um zone stuff like that 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 that's not where they have been successful all year i don't know where the thought was on leslie frazier and sean mcdermott that hey let's come out and run a soft zone against a guy like tyreek hill who's fasting and find the openings real quick a quarterback like patrick mahomes is able to get the ball out quick and a tight end like travis kelsey who is still wide open wherever the hell he is it was frustrating to see that the defense had really almost no plan to slow down the offense because in the first game against the Chiefs this year, they backed kind of backed off the safeties and, and basically dared the Chiefs to run at them. And they did, and it worked. In this game, I think you saw why Andy Reid is the mentor and why he's 
someone who has mentees because if, if you can't adjust you, you don't even get mentees and sean mcdermott was just had no no answers for uh the guy he looks up to and they had travis kelsey just kind of coming over let's just give a dominant player space to run and just let him find a hole in his okay fine tyree kill got open they also ran plays to get him open to get him the ball in space even on short short like real short stuff stefan Diggs, they had to like force feed him the ball and tyree kill they're like no let's let's make sure our guy can get the ball it, it was just frustrating but it's actually funny you brought up what brace said because I, I was sort of thinking about that during the game leading up to the game the bills and actually like all season long the bills were like the better team Kansas City had a better record but they were coming back on people. They were scraping them out, one-score games, and the Bills were annihilating people. Uh-huh. And I actually saw a tweet today from Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, and he said, I don't and, – and he studies this. Like, if he says this, I believe it. And I'll read you his tweet here. I don't think there's ever been a team in NFL history like the 2020 Chiefs. There's never been a team to truly, quote, unquote, coast through close wins in the regular season and then suddenly turn it on in the playoffs and you might think well they happen you know the nba is different all right mm-hmm. football you kind of got it like it, it's too it's too smash mouth like you gotta bring your a game or you're gonna get either run over or injured right. you have to be able to figure it out at least at some point and the teams that have it figured out can kind of just turn it on and blow people away and if you haven't been able to do that in the re- regular season it's probably because you can't so you don't usually just find it or wait to turn it on like, like this this was on like the chiefs played their best game of the year in the afc championship their offense was great their defense was great the bills ran into an absolute buzzsaw and the bills have their own buzzsaw and they kind of just had trouble i don't know if they didn't prime the engine enough or they were you know they were like the guy pulling the lawnmower they just keep pulling the string and it's not it's not turning on yet and the chiefs were like oh we we got the lawnmower 4000 x pro <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're going 100 miles an hour. Like, man, the Bills were up nine nothing, and it didn't even feel safe at all. The Chiefs, we were just waiting. The Chiefs, were like, uh, should should we uh, turn it into hyperdrive now? Like, is it time? For, uh, okay, let's gone. You, you know, What's you know close? what, you, you know what, you you. There, there's one thing that I feel like everyone kind of failed and overlooked because the Bills won two playoff games this year, but the offense did not look like the offense from the regular season. That's true. His offense in the postseason looked so much more like last year's offense. And I don't know how much of that is on the players not executing, how much of that is on um, Dable taking more of a conservative approach, um, really, or, or, or what. I mean, I think that's something that needs to be looked at because you go back to the Ravens game. Buffalo's not running the ball at all. They're just pass, 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 pass. Fine. I understand. Like, Josh Allen's your MVP. Like, you let him do his thing. But you got to find a way to take some pressure off of Josh Allen. And you got to find some way to get that running game going, even if it's only for 40, 50 yards in the game. Like, get your running backs moving. Get something going. Give your quarterback a break. Yeah, the, I thought the, the pass blocking was a letdown too. Allen was under pressure all night, and the Bills rarely got to Mahomes. You know, Allen was sacked four times for fifty-four yards, Nick. And I and and don't get me wrong, right? You, he's got two big ones that he gave up, 
because he would get sacked and he'd just turn around, turn around. And I, I, I understand it, right? He can't just throw the ball away. You're risking a, you know, which, which last year, um, in the Houston game, I feel like Houston, Josh Allen would have spun around and just thrown the ball in the air and hope that it got to the line of scrimmage or someone was near it, you know? So I, I can't fault him for holding on to that ball. But, you could but just throw it away sooner. Thing, it's, it's really okay. Just well, at, throw it out of bounds. At the same, exactly. He needs to just throw the ball away. But at the same time, no one is getting open for him downfield yesterday. Like you said, their defense just looked – and their defense is one of the worst defenses in the league when it comes to pass coverage. And no one – Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, nobody could get open. Yeah, that was the, that was the weirdest thing. Like the Chiefs – Seemed like they knew what routes were coming. Mm-hmm. They, they were you saw like the the zoomed out angle, and there there was people were were blanketed all mm-hmm. over the field. Mm-hmm. I I just want to know, you know, you, you go back and you look at this game, and and for years, right, New England was the bar, right? Like, how do we come in and we compete with New England? Mm-hmm. Now I feel like if you're Buffalo. Your team has taken steps this year, some big steps, which I want to talk about Josh Allen's progression here in a little bit. But your team has come in and has taken some big steps. How do you now go out and address your team in this offseason to come in to compete with Kansas City? Because Kansas mm-hmm. City is the new bar in the AFC, hands right. down. You, All right, let me, you got to go out and find some guys. You, you, you just got to find that elite speed, which Buffalo doesn't have. Showed so much last night. Buffalo doesn't have that elite speed on the defensive side of the ball, nor the offensive side of the ball, to be able to compete with a team like Kansas City. Who don't get me wrong, Travis Kelsey is not just a guy you're going to go out and find in the draft or in free agency. A Tyreek Hill, same thing. Like those guys are just freak elite athletes that you don't find every day. But you got to find a way if you're Buffalo to stop them, and they could not do that last night. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why Travis Kelsey should have had eight catches in the first half for 80, 90 yards, whatever the heck he had. There's no reason why Travis Kelsey should be wide open. Nick, there's no reason why Tremaine Edmonds should have stepped up on Travis Kelsey at one point. I think it was in the second quarter. I don't remember. It's all blur at this point. But Tremaine Edmonds at one point is behind Kelsey, steps up to Kelsey, is on the side of Kelsey, Kelsey takes one step over to the right. Mahomes hits him wide open. Like, what is Tremaine Edmonds doing there? Travis, you got to block Travis Kelsey. Someone needs to block Kelsey. No one could block Travis Kelsey yesterday. All right, so let me ask you, sort of tie in two points together here. The running game was, again, almost non-existent here. I, I don't know that this really changed the game at all, but I think when we look back at the, at the season and we get some more distance from it, Losing Zach Moss might be a much bigger deal than we seem to make of it at the time. Do you think that's true? Um, yes and no. I mean, I don't think Zach Moss was like light years better than Devin Singletary this year. You know, um, I, truthfully, you know who was surprisingly enjoyable to watch yesterday was TJ Yeldon. Yeah, <laughs> had those you know? fresh legs after being a healthy scratch all year. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, for he's been a healthy scratch for two seasons, um, but I, I mean, he 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 was 
a nice mix in there from what we usually don't see, what haven't seen from Singletary all year. Um, you know, may, maybe the game plan changes with a healthy Zach Moss. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, Buffalo's run game was non-existent all year. When your quarterback is your leading rusher in most of your games, you have a problem. Yeah, I mean, I you think the, you got to blame the offensive line a lot there too. Some of the the win rate stats, their their pass blocking was good, but their run blocking was pretty lousy. Well, and a lot of that happened once they released Quentin Spain. I felt like I felt like their run game really became less and less existent once Quentin Spain was gone. Hmm. You know, um, and I would have been curious to see what that team would have looked like with a Quentin Spain, John Feliciano in there, um, and see if that helped the run game at all because Quentin Spain was so good in the run and pass game last year. So I was kind of surprised to see him go. Uh, you know, still want to know really what happened there. You know, waiting for someone to kind of speak up on that. Um, but all, all in all, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you got to find a way to run the ball, especially against a team like Kansas City, especially when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen. You know, one thing I, I, I said I want to talk about Josh Allen's progression, so let, let's talk about it. Because I, 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 I can't just continue to talk about that game last night because I'm just so upset still. <laughs> but Josh Allen did not play good last night. Like, I will be the first to say that I love Josh Allen and I have – Signed my my paperwork saying that I I am sorry if ever doubting Josh Allen, but last night was Josh Allen's worst game of the entire season. Uh, okay. If it wasn't last night, it was the first game against the Chiefs. It, it's definitely one of those two. Yeah, one of those two. It, the Chiefs did a lot of things that Josh Allen did not recognize, and that's credit to Steve Spagnola and that defense. You know, they're they're a very good team. You know, there's a reason why. They really, I, I'm not even counting that second loss as a loss because they played their backups, mm-hmm. you know. But there's a reason why that they, they lost one game all year and they've won 25 games in two seasons. Like they're a good team. Josh Allen, on the other hand, was not good last night. With all of that said, and, 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 and maybe it's just me overthinking the situation, but Josh Allen's. Obviously, worst game was last night, but he did not have good games really against the Colts. He did not have a good game against Baltimore. And I'm going to ask you, Nick, what is the one factor that all three of those games had? Again, last the three playoff games. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier than than you think. Um, besides just being really important games that mess with Josh's head, probably. Yes. Yes. That's it. It's not. No, it's nothing in the game. Well, it's, yeah, I yeah, I think it's between Josh Allen's ears. He kind of psyched himself out a little bit. Not as bad as Houston last year, but, but 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 what reason? What is the reason within those three games? Not that it was an important game, but what reason within those three games would psych Josh Allen up? Um, playing against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Close, but no. Um, there was fans at all three of those games. Oh, interesting. I tweeted today, and I've been thinking about this all day. You know, I, I had I, – I sat up last night for a few hours and just kind of like didn't know what to do. But I my, my mind's always racing. But I, I was thinking about it all today. Is Josh Allen's improvement that we saw this year real? And I say that because – he had no fans that he had to play in front of all year. So that hype, Josh Allen, 
didn't need to be over the top hype Josh Allen like what he would usually be. Right? There was no crowd to bring out those emotions in Josh Allen. Josh Allen could focus on playing his game because there was no crowd noise to throw him off his game. But the last three games, which were, were I would say, you know, three of his worst games statistically, um, and, all, and altogether, I mean, he didn't look great in those three games. But all three of those games had fans, obviously two at home, but knowing Josh Allen like we do and his his emotions get the best of him, and I felt like the crowd noise played into Josh Allen's emotions for the last three games. And I'm wondering that if when if fans come back next season, do we see the same Josh Allens we saw this year, or do we see the Josh Allens we saw for three weeks in the playoffs? Hmm. That's interesting. I kind of wondered about about the baseball season last year when they when they first had no fans because baseball is you know you're reacting so quickly and if you have any anything at all going through your head beside picking up the spin on the pitch and and seeing it and reacting, you're gonna you're gonna fail every time. And mm-hmm. you you'd have to think just being human nature, there are people who let other things get in their head. And I was. I would have to look into this some more. I don't. I don't know if, if anyone has read a story about this. Please send it to me. I would love to know if there were people who had like unexpected breakouts last year because they could finally calm the heck down. And when you have a uh, a quarterback like Josh Allen who is still uh, part golden retriever, <laughs> uh, he you know he's excitable. That's I mean, I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it, but that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's just something that I was thinking about. Like, can Josh Allen do what he did this year and put up 300-yard games like what he did with a crowd in front of him? And that's going to be a big thing, right? Like like you said, Josh Allen's part golden retriever, man. He loves – you know, it doesn't take much to get him distracted. But I, I do think as well the one thing that can really help him kind of stay focused is going to be Stephon Diggs. I don't know if you saw last night or not, which I'm sure you did because it was all over social media. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs was the last player on the field last night. Yep, just watching Stephon. watching the Chiefs celebrate like an Steph- assassin. Stephon Diggs is not going to just go quietly into the night. Look, I'll, I'll give the Chiefs – I'll say this, and I'm not getting ahead on our Super Bowl predictions or anything, but I'll say this. Kansas City is most likely going to win another Super Bowl. It's either going to be this year or next year. But after next year, they become in such they, – they have so many cap issues coming into next – you know, after next season, even going into next season. I mean, they're already $20 million over the cap. they got to find ways to cut. They're paying Patrick Mahomes $500 million. You know, he's a $50 million, $60 million cap hit alone. Eventually, that's going to catch up to them, and – these players that they have, Travis Kelsey's 31. He's got another couple years left. Um, you know, he'll be 32, I think, by the start of next season. So with all that said, I mean, eventually Kansas City's going to start to kind of come down, right? Like they're hitting their peak and they're at their peak maybe for another year or two. Buffalo has to find a way to get to that peak and stay at that peak. And I think having Stephon Diggs on this team 
for a few more years and Josh Allen continuing to progress the way that he did this year and all of that, Buffalo's going to hit their peak. They're not at their peak yet. They're not. Mm -hmm. I think this year we saw their ceiling and where they could play to where they are now, but we haven't really seen, in my opinion, Josh Allen's peak. We haven't seen this defense's peak because let's face it, this defense did not look great all year. They had one in my, again, in my opinion, one good game all year, and that was against the Colts. I'm sorry, against the Ravens. Other than that, this defense was lackluster, to say the least, to go from the number one defense to, you know, sure, at the end of the year they they, they picked it up and, you know, started looking like a top 10 defense, but they did not look like a top 10 defense all year, and that that's a shame. Um, But I think the Bills are eventually going to find a way to hit that peak and I'll, I'm going to say it now, Nick. A Super Bowl is coming to Buffalo very soon. It's 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 happening. Like wow, coming soon to theaters near you. <laughs> coming soon to a parade near you, man. There 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 is a a Super Bowl coming down the line for the Buffalo Bills. It's I, it, it, it's going to take something, and they 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 need to do something. Mm-hmm. But as I said, Kansas City is going to be that bar find a way to get past that bar. And an, uh, the other thing I keep thinking of too, is I, I, I keep thinking of Andy Reed, who you mentioned was Sean McDermott's protege. I'm sorry. Sean McDermott was Andy Reed's protege. And do you remember how many AFC, NFC championships Andy Reed had to go to before he made it to the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles? A lot. That was what he was known for was losing. He was, he was the best coach to never win a Super Bowl for a long time. Yes, yes. Sean McDermott, I feel like, in some ways, is very comparable to Andy Reid. Like, McDermott's going to get his, hopefully in Buffalo. McDermott will get his. And this team reminds me a lot of that Philadelphia team. You have, you know, great receivers. You have a, a, a good quarterback. You have a good defense who just, you know, some games click more than others. Buffalo's going to get there, man, and 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 I don't want to live and die on this game from last night because we all know that the Bills are better than this. But don't get don't let yourself get down because of last night because the Bills' time is coming. So everyone just needs to, you know, twenty four hour rule. By the time after you listen to this podcast, I hope that you don't think worry about the game anymore and are just able to move on because that's what you need to do. Wow. All right. Last year, a year ago, we were on this podcast saying, I cannot believe this loss to Houston. It was so effing aggravating. We could talk about this loss all summer and there will still be something new to talk about. So I I like hearing the 24 hour rule from you. I don't know if that's good for our content perspective, but for a, for a living your life perspective, that's probably healthy. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. The two things you said, not that I just believe in them totally just to throw out, throw out there. So let's talk about Stefan Diggs. I saw people saying he's he's the leader of a team. This is good for him, you know, being out there. First of all, how much better can Stefan Diggs play? He already led the league in in receptions and and receiving yards. Like this guy was incredible. What you're telling me is going to motivate him to do better? I don't. How much better he didn't he didn't have his you know superstar game against the Chiefs? But how much better can this guy do? Like. I don't know that you're unlocking something new in Stefan Diggs. Like we saw his peak this year. It was awesome. And I also think 
We saw him on a winning team where he was constantly getting the ball. That doesn't you want to see somebody's character. I'd be interested to see how Stefan Diggs acts when they're, you know, if they drop a game or two next year and they're losing and he's not getting the ball, then we'll see how Stefan Diggs is doing. That's just a counterpoint. Not saying I totally agree with it, but it, it makes sense to me at least. I see the logic there. Um, and then the Bills, man, I so hope you're right that a Super Bowl is coming and parades are coming. I was kind of getting frustrated seeing a lot of so, so many people saying this is like the 1988 season with the you know the first year they were good with Kelly. You know the Super Bowls are coming. You don't know that the Super Bowls are coming. The, the, the I Bills, know, Nick. I know that the Super Bowl is coming. <laughs> the, the Bills Super Bowl teams were an unprecedented, you know, incredible run in in sports in, in NFL history. Like that, that was so amazing, and it's so hard. And like that's why the Super Bowl teams are so impressive because it's so hard for everything to go right to get that. And I know that it feels like it's coming. And I said this a couple podcasts ago. It reminds me of like the 06 Sabres, right? Like you thought they were going to be back there. You thought this was, you always think it's the start, and you don't realize how many things had to go right this year. Josh Allen stayed healthy all year. The offense was like still sort of sneaking up on people. You had you had a playoff coach saying, "I thought they were going to run a lot more than they did." That's not happening next year. Everyone knows like the jig is up. People knows you better evolve. They have all their coordinators back, or I'm sorry, they had their coordinators back this year. They're going to keep. It looks like keep Brian Dable at least on offense. Leslie Frazier is still up for the Houston job. Uh, that might not be the case in the future. Like things change more than we think people get injured people you know get affected by past injuries people retire people move on people a lot like the future is weirder than we can expect so i'm not i'm not <laughs> predicting this i'm I'm, t I'm hoping that this does not come true but i need to say this for the sake of uh truth i guess they might not be back that's super possible this could have been their best shot for all we know we hope that's not true but maybe like you, you don't know. Like this is that's why it hurt. It felt like such a letdown that the defense couldn't do anything. That Josh Allen didn't play well. That Sean McDermott got so conservative on fourth down, kicking those field goals. So frustrating. You don't you don't beat Brady doing that. That's what we always said. You don't beat Mahomes kicking field goals. Okay. So it's frustrating. Nick, we we we've gotten. Let's go here. Let's start this. Let me tell you why I think a Super Bowl is coming to Buffalo first. We'll start there. All right. I need these vibes, though. Hit me. I'm like, sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. I was just no, no, throwing no. some things I, out I, there. I, Bring, I send these vibes my way right now. After everything that happened yesterday, like, I get it. Like, you know, it's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you why. I simulated Madden, and Madden said, no, I'm just <laughs> joking. I'm joking. Totally joking. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, Josh Allen has – every bit in him to be elite right there, there there's nothing he was elite this year he was elite this year and we haven't seen the best of josh allen yet josh allen's going to continue to set records and continue to light this league on fire and he's going to continue to get no respect from the media and that's fine he's gonna he's gonna be in the mvp vote this year what do you mean he's not getting any respect name me one yes okay he's in the mvp vote but name me one person on national media 
that has even said that Josh Allen even deserves to be there. There's. Did you, did you see Patrick Mahomes' tweet after the game last night? No. I got to go find it. He he sent like a, just like an emoji. That, oh, yeah, because someone, they, someone, they said, said, someone said Josh Allen was a better quarterback, and he got. Yeah, ESPN's pregame show had like a checklist, and they, they checked quarterback. They, che- they gave that check to the Bills on ESPN I, I, before the game. How much that, though, was because Patrick Mahomes was having turf toe and not healthy. Like, that's how I feel. Like, they thought Patrick Mahomes was not going to be Patrick Mahomes because he had turf toe. That, I mean, that, from what I watched on the pregame show, that's what I took away, was that it was because he had turf toe. I say, man, still, if, if anyone's checking you above Patrick Mahomes and he's breathing, you are doing something pretty darn good, and people listen, are respecting listen. Don't be negative, though. We're not here to be negative today. <laughs> okay? Yeah, we have enough negativity after. watching the game. All right, yeah, I'm shutting I'm up. I'll tell you why. So, so they're going to – Josh Allen is still going to get better. We haven't seen the best of Josh Allen yet. Stephon Diggs is going to be hungry. I don't care. I know what you said about, oh, well, you know, what if he has a couple games where he didn't get the ball? I think as long as the Bills continue to win and find ways to win – I don't think Stefan Diggs is going to going to be that guy again. I, I just don't think so, especially with having a guy like Cole Beasley in that locker room. Cole Beasley's not going anywhere. I do think that they make some changes to that offense. They're going to be able to figure out this run game thing because I don't think that the Bills can go a whole nother year and have a terrible run game like what they had this year. The defense is going to figure it out because there is a lot of good superstars on this defense, from Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, who hopefully gets re-signed, um, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver for <laughs> Ed Oliver had a great year for how bad he was out of position so many times. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting compliment. You know, he he, he had a he, he was able to get through the line and was able to get pressure, but there were so many times that he got pressure because he was out of position. You know, and 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 I think Ed Oliver is going to have a better year next season because Star Latula is back. You still have Jerry Hughes for another year on this team, and Jerry Hughes is going to continue to bring the fire like Jerry Hughes had. I think Jerry Hughes was silently one of the best players on the defense this year. They're going to find ways to 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 get better. That's what Brandon Bean does, and I have so much faith in Brandon Bean going into this offseason that Brandon Bean is going to look at that game last night. And not look at it the way that a lot of people are trying to tell us to look at it. Oh, you know, you should be happy. They won 13 games this year. They made it to the AFC Championship. Like, what a great accomplishment. McBean, Brandon Bean walked out of there last night. And I guarantee you, he looked at Sean McDermott and said, we failed. And they're, they're, they started today trying to figure out how to make their team better and how to find a way to go in to Arrowhead next year and play Kansas City in the AFC Championship and find a way to come out with a win next season. Buffalo's going to be there. That's the goal for sure. And I and look, and I'm not saying Buffalo's going to win it. I, I I win it next year, but it's coming. It's coming. One interesting thing too that everyone should keep in mind going into next season: the Bills have to travel to Kansas City next year, and then and to Tampa next year for two regular season games. I Josh is gonna be so excited to face Tom Brady. I'm excited to play Tom Brady. I'm actually hoping to go to that game. Nice, but we'll see. All right, um, you, you said you said parades are coming. I was thinking about, and I know you're not in the 
Western New York area. But uh, did you see pictures of City Hall this week? I did. I did. They, I thought, they, they I put they put up all these cool Bills banners all around City Hall. There's there's like uh, I don't know if they're permanent. But they're like like street signs. This this was Tre'Davious White Way. This is Jerry Hughes Way. This is Stephen Diggs Way. I don't know. It was cool. People were so pumped to go to City Hall to like take a selfie or put a, put up a pic. Like that was that was cool. It was it was it's it's so neat when Buffalo gets into things. Like you, the Sabers, this this was like a yearly thing when the Sabers were good and there was ten thousand people at party in the plaza and every every restaurant and, and bakery and cafe, everything all over town was like finding a way to get into the Sabers. That was cool. And then this this week, last week, that's what it was like for the Bills. And I love that. That is so much better than man, when you when you lose in the wild card round, even like you you don't feel like you were part of the playoffs. When you are eliminated by December tenth, you are like this has been a full month and a half extra that people got to pour pour their love out for the team. And that that's awesome to see. It makes the Bills are one of the few good things about 2020. There were very few redeeming qualities of this year, and the Bills are one of them. And if that continues every other year until Josh Allen is 43 years old, uh, sign sign me up. Listen, I try to tell people all the time who'd want to sit here and criticize me for being a Bills fan. You know, I hear so much crap from other fans about oh well, you're a bills fan you know even even from other the, other nfl fans are talking about right 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 other nfl fans not bills fans i i heard even last night i heard so much chirping from friends of mine who are fans of other teams and i'm like look at you you don't get it like friends that live in atlanta and i know i always talk about this one friend of mine but he he every time buffalo loses he makes sure to tell me buffalo loses and how bad buffalo is because they lost a the game you should not be friends with this person yeah, it's questionable sometimes. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, another friend of mine who's a Dolphins fan thinks that, oh, well, Buffalo isn't the greatest. You know, they're not the best fan base. I'm like, you don't understand because you're a Dolphins fan. And I get it, right? Like, Dolphins fans don't live, you know, aren't born in, in Florida. Fine. But at one point, the Dolphins had a great fan base in the 90s with Marino. So don't sit here and try to tell me how – Dolphins have no fans because no one's from Miami. They had a great fan base in the 90s when Marino was there. They had no problem putting butts in the seats then. The Bills fans have stuck by their team through everything. They have been by their team through the drought, through four Super Bowls, through the forward lateral in Tennessee, through everything. Bills fans have gone nowhere. And the city of Buffalo and the surrounding area and Bills Mafia in general is just so happy to see this team finally succeeding. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing the city embrace that because it's it's about time, Nick. Mm-hmm. It's about time Buffalo stops being the laughingstock of every single major sports league and someone says, you know what, shut up, we're here. And the Bills are doing that. That was my favorite question when you asked Luke Russert, and he said, that's what my dad would have loved most, was that Buffalo is finally getting the recognition it deserves. And, 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 and Nick, you know me better than, I would say better than anyone, except maybe my wife. 
But May, how, I'm going to take back that maybe. Marissa knows you better. I will give her that credit. <laughs> you, you, and was, she does know this, and, and I know you know this as well. Living out of, <laughs> li, not living in Buffalo anymore, living in Georgia and, and living in Florida and all of that. I, like many other people, I have not forgotten about where I came from. Buffalo is always number one for me. I'm always, as soon as someone says, <laughs> I love love the hard hands. Thank you. <laughs> as soon as someone says to me, oh, where are you from? I can't wait to tell them I'm from Buffalo. When I'm in meetings for work and like someone says they're from like somewhere else, I get all giddy. I'm like, oh, I get to tell them I'm from Buffalo. Like I'm so mm-hmm. happy to tell them I'm from Buffalo. I am proud to be from Buffalo. And there's so many other people throughout the country, throughout the world that are from Buffalo that are so proud to be from Buffalo. What's the first thing you hear about when you're from Buffalo? Oh, are you a Bills fan? Oh, the Bills aren't any good. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Does it snow a lot there? Yeah. Hey. Oh, it snows there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Yes, I, I, I am from Buffalo. Yes, I am a Bills fan. And yes, I am proud of my team. And there's nothing wrong with saying that you're happy that the Bills got to where they got. But they're not done, folks. They're not done. You, you, you can quote me on this now. You can quote me on it a year from now. The Bills are not done. This is just a wake-up call. Josh Allen is going to come back, and he is going to be better. Fans are not next season. Josh Allen is going to be better. He's going to find a way to be better. Because Sean McDermott is not going to allow anything less. Sean McDermott is going to look at this team in the eyes and say, if we don't go to the Super Bowl next year, we're worse than we were last season. No matter if the Bills go 16-0, and 17-0. I'm sorry, there's another game next season. Ooh, the Bills true. go 17-0 next year get to the AFC Championship game and lose, Sean McDermott's going to say, we were still worse than we were last year because we could not get over this hump. Sean McDermott is the coach to get the Bills over the hump. Brandon Bean is the GM to get the Bills over the hump. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Trey Trey White, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver. That This team is the team that's going to get Buffalo over the hump, and I will stand on my soapbox until the day I die saying that this, this this is the team for Buffalo. This is it. So I thought of something when you brought up the, the old Dolphins rivalry. Is Bill's Chiefs a rivalry now? That game got pretty tricky at the end. After all the crap I had to see on Twitter this week, man, I am like, I, I don't like Chiefs fans anymore. I don't. I, I'm, I'm over them, <laughs> in all honesty. Um because you, you you know every road to the Super Bowl is going to have to go through Kansas City for the next I don't know however long Mahomes is under contract for. I don't think it's just, uh, but you're forgetting Nick Patrick Mahomes signed a five hundred million dollar contract that's sixty million dollars against the cap. Eventually, that's going to catch up to them. They can't afford to pay a Travis Kelsey what he's getting paid. They can't afford to continue to pay a Tyreek Hill what he's going to want to get paid. Who, by the way, how the heck t- Tyreek Hill is still even in this league? It's ridiculous. It's shame on the NFL, but. They're going to have to go and eventually have to find a way to build through the draft. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, it worked great for Belichick, but I'll say it. Brady, I think, is still better than what Mahomes was. They're two completely different quarterbacks. But Brady sure. is still – maybe not so now, not maybe not a 43-year-old Tom Brady, but a 25-year-old Tom Brady was a better quarterback than a 25-year-old Patrick Mahomes is. Tom Brady was is so much – Tom Brady didn't take those crazy chances you see Mahomes do that somehow magically works out. Yeah, they're different players, but I think right. like 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 when when Brady was coming in, or even even I don't know maybe maybe this is too soon for that, but 
through when Brady was a young player, mm-hmm. you every quarterback and every team and every coach wanted to find Peyton Manning, who was just surgical at breaking down the defense and putting the ball exactly where it needed to be, exactly right. the right time. And honestly, a lot of quarterback prospects probably got ran off because they were good but weren't Peyton Manning. Right. And I think in, in um, maybe not a perfect segue to, to what Brady was, but Br- that was that was in vogue basically when Brady came up and Brady was his own version of that. Josh Allen is in the Patrick Mahomes mold of quarterback. And we saw yesterday and people didn't like this tweet. The gap between Mahomes and Allen is bigger than we wanted to believe. All right. But I, I will say Mahomes is not trying to be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. He's like a little bit like, pieces of Aaron Rodgers and pieces of Brett Favre and pieces of Brady and Manning and, and all these other guys with a much better arm with who's allowed to have the creativity to do things off schedule and who has the talent around them to take weird chances. And he's also like analytically minded enough and his team is and his coordinators are to know that if you take these crazy chances, it's okay because if you hit them and he hits them at a remarkable rate, the benefit is so much better than if, you know, if you can throw the ball 30 yards downfield and you, you hit a few, little bit lower of them, but, but much better than anyone else is able to do, that's great because the benefit is so much better than the teams that want to run the ball for four or five yards to carry. It takes so many five-yard runs to get all the way down the field. Patrick Mahomes is sort of reinventing this position, and Josh Allen – is in the Patrick Mahomes mold, and he's not—he's not as good as Mahomes, but I don't think he's trying to be Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, you think about the the three of them. I mean, obviously they're they're three great quarterbacks. Mahomes is is, is well on his way to be a potential Hall of Famer when the time comes. But um, you know, I think a lot of that's on coaching, and Mahomes has a great coach, and he's got a great team around him. One thing, Nick, though, we are forty-ish minutes into our podcast. And the one thing we have not talked about was the Bills coaching decisions, speaking of coaching, uh, in last night's game. And just where things – yeah, I, I, about I, it. I mean, we have, to, we have to talk about it a little bit, not to go back onto the negative, but we have to talk, talk about it a little bit for our listeners. Um, you got you got to sit down and you got to talk about that three points, that field goal at the end of the first half. Like I, at the time, I I got it. Like I understood. Like, hey, you know, I want to get points on the board. I got got to do something. The field goal put you down five going into half. You're down a touchdown at that point. Fine. But yeah, yeah. But the second field goal that they kicked on the first drive of the second half, I did not agree with. Why are you kicking a field goal there? Go for it. You need to go for it. You just had Kansas City go down and only kick a field goal at that time. You got. You have to go for it in that situation, right? So Sean McDermott said after the game that the one at the end of the second quarter, he said he wanted just to get some points before halftime, so it didn't feel like they had nothing. Blah blah, whatever. Okay, fine. But it's like you you just went for a fourth down before that, and now it's it's different. Like like, I don't know. I didn't get that one. I guess you're down. It, w- it was 21 to nine. Then they kick a field goal and now it's 21 to 12. Like you're still down by nine and they get the ball. So I don't know how that helps. But then Kansas City comes back down, scores. 
Then they're up by 12. Bills drive back down. It's fourth and three on the eight yard line. You don't you don't even need to score a touchdown here. You can still get a first down. Mm-hmm. And t- I mean, I don't get the logic here. You made it from a two point a two possession game, and then you scored the field goal, and now it's still a two possession game. 24 to 15. That doesn't that doesn't help at all. Not even to mention it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and your defense has no answers whatsoever. The Chiefs punted on the first drive and scored on every other possession of the game. The Bills had no answers, and they're like, Well, now we're only down nine. That doesn't help at all. And the Bills, that's so frustrating because they were so good on fourth down this year, especially fourth and short in plus territory. They were aggressive. They went for it. And then they played the best team in the league who are the defending champions who have an offense that they don't know how to stop. And they're like, let's just let's take three instead of seven. I think I saw somewhere that the Bills were eight for ten on fourth downs this year. And with the running were, quarterback, yeah, they but they were also the which which was crazy stat. They were eight for ten, which was the highest percentage in the league. But they also went for it less, the least amount of times in the league on fourth down. I, I so yeah, I somebody somebody texted me that, and I didn't know if that was because their offense was so good that they were not having as many fourth downs, but on um. I don't know when they when they did when they did go for it. It was um, or when they did decide to go for it. It was usually in good spots in plus territory on fourth and less than three, maybe. Like mm-hmm. they went for it almost every time on that. I thought it was crazy though how much this coaching staff went from being one of the most aggressive coaching staffs in the league to being so conservative. I mean, you sit down. And you think about it. How early on in that game, the first drive, Sean McDermott says, "Hey, we're going to go for it on." fourth down from you know wherever they were just just past midfield and that's fine and i i agreed with that like great like go out go be aggressive go win yourself an afc championship game but at the same time if you're going to go out and win yourself an afc championship go win yourself the afc championship game and and quit being if you're going to be aggressive at one point you got to be aggressive throughout the whole game and when it mattered most they had to be conservative there's no other way to play against the Chiefs. You have to go no, out and there and we're going to score as many points as humanly possible because that's what it's going to take. And, Nick, I don't know about you, but I'm also to the point now, too, where, where you sit down and you talk about this defense. I'm okay if Leslie Frazier takes this job in Houston. <laughs> I, I, in all honesty, man, this defense was a top 10, if not the best defense in the league last year. And to have the decline like what they had this year, that's a problem. And I, I, again, you know, how much that is on execution, how much that is on coaching. You know, I, I had a, a coach of mine in, in high school always tell me, you know, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the pros and Joes. And I'm like, okay. But I, I don't know. I mean, a team doesn't take that much of a decline that quickly and more or less all season get ran over and look like they don't belong. They had no pass rush most of this year. No, that's. No. I mean, I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. We're gonna have plenty of like off-season, you know, breakdown and roster shows. But uh, you gotta get some pass rush. Like, what are we doing? 
No, I agree. They got to do something at some point for their sake. And I, I don't know, man. They, 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 defense itself is lackluster. I mean, I hope he doesn't take too many people with him. You know, I hope Ken Dorsey stays because I feel like when Dable's number is called, that Dable leaves to go be a head coach. I think Ken Dorsey is that guy in line. And I'm hoping that he doesn't go elsewhere for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dorsey um, would be a good internal candidate someday. But I was also thinking if, like, they hit like if if Dable were to leave this year, they have a quarterback who uh, became incredible this year. They're going to be people who want this job. Like th- this mm-hmm. is a good job. Like especially with a defensive uh, head coach, like you basically running the entire offensive side of the ball. You have a good quarterback to work with. Like there, there might be like names that you actually know of who are like interested in in applying for the for the Bills OC job when that comes available. Chan Gailey. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Rex Ryan. Uh, did you see Rob Ryan, by the way, speaking of coaches, is back being uh, a yeah, middle yeah. linebackers coach. Cool. Congrats. Yeah, dude. right, right. Um, maybe the Bills will call Rex Ryan to come in to be their defensive coordinator if Leslie Frazier leaves. But no, I in all honesty, no, I don't know. I don't know what they decide to do on the defense side of the ball if Frazier leaves. Um, you know, I don't know too many of the guys internal. But at the end of the day, you know, that sounds I, to I, me though like that one could be internal because it's basically McDermott overseeing it anyway. Like if you have a lesser experienced guy, you'd want him on the defensive side. I'm bet I I'm I'm happier with Frazier leaving than what I was what I would have been with Dable leaving. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I feel I feel like this team doesn't lose a step, you know, or or at this point takes a step forward if uh Frazier leaves. But if Dable leaves, I think they maybe take a step back. And and and, and that's not to say anything, right? Like, yes, he was great throughout the regular season, but I, I thought Dable was too conservative throughout the postseason. Am, am I at that same offense? I, what I wanted to get to with you, Nick, is you you're talking about you know, the third down and the fourth downs and, and, and going forward and this and that. Who is, and I know this is a dumb question because we all know the answer, but who is the MVP of this team this season? Uh, one Joshua, is his name Patrick? Joshua Patrick Allen. That One Joshua Patrick Allen. That is correct. Um, why do you not say to your MVP, it's your time, like, go – Go do this. He's your MVP. He is number three in MVP voting in the league. He is a Pro Bowl quarterback. Instead of having your MVP decide this game, you take the ball out of his hands. And I get it. That's not a Dable decision, right? That decision comes from McDermott. Does Mc, Did McDermott just more or less sit down and say, look, our offense hasn't been great all day. I have no faith in our offense anymore today. I think if, if that's really what it would be, you, you've lost anyway. I think so too. I, I mean, I mean, honestly, 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 I felt like like, like we were saying more than what they did. Yeah, I mean, my my take here is that we talk about Josh Allen like the game getting a little bit too big for him in the playoffs. There's probably some aspect of that being true for Sean McDermott as well. 
he wanted to be, uh, you know, a little more conservative, had to, had to have those points before halftime. So I feel better about, bro, it doesn't matter if you feel better. It matters if you scored points to keep up with the best offense we've ever seen playing their best game. Well, and I thought Josh Allen said it best too, right? And I don't know if it was necessarily a call out of the coaches or just kind of stating the obvious, but, you know, Josh Allen did say, like, we we can't settle for field goals in those situations. Yeah, yeah and it it was, was, they, they it settled was, for a field goal twice. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs' red zone defense was lousy this year, lousy. Mina Grimes said it best on – Mina Kimes? We like Mina, Mina Kimes. Kimes. We're fans. She's, she's, she's a nice lady. Um, she said it best on Twitter today, though. The Bills' two field goals were worse than Matt LaFleur's field goal. That was an interesting point. And the if you had, didn't see the Packers game, they were down eight with two minutes left and kicked a field goal and gave the ball back to Tom MFing Brady, which was a terrible decision. I But I agree with Mina only because there was so much more time left for the Bills. The, the Packers were, you know, they, they were, they had tough sledding either way. The Bills still had time to do something about it. And that's like the, the factor that a lot of fans sort of miss, even like later in the game, like what people are like, why are they going for two right now? The thing people always miss, you probably lose anyway. It doesn't matter if you, if you get close and lose, or if you just lost by a lot sooner, you probably lose anyway. You need to maximize your chance of winning. And that's by getting your points as many as possible, as soon as possible. And then you'll see how it goes later. It doesn't matter if the Bills go for, okay, we, we saw what happened. The Bills kicked the field goal before halftime, and they kicked the field goal, and they lost by 14. Okay? They lost anyway. If you know, So if they would have went for the touchdown and didn't get that, guess what? We know what happened the other way, and they still got their butts kicked. You need to put up as many points as possible. You know, I I, I agree. Yes, you know, you got to put up as many points as possible. But you're forgetting about that third down play that Aaron Rodgers had in that game. Oh, yeah, dude, just run in the end zone. Come dude, on, just run. He had no one in front of him, and he had to force the pass there. Had he just ran, there's you're not even talking about those field goals. Mm-hmm. Right. That's I, I, yeah, yeah. I got one other point about the Bills kicking there. When you are committed to going for it on fourth down and your team knows this and it's you know not like a decision we have to make, it's like, no, if it's here, we're going. That affects your play calling. You don't have to go for broke on third down because you can know it's okay if I throw short of the sticks or I can call a run if I want to or I can I don't need to force this ball in the end zone. I can scramble for three yards and slide because we right. know we're going for it. Like that, like it affects the chain of it. And 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 they used McKenzie. I believe it was a third third and short conversion early uh, on, or later. Yeah, yeah, and a fourth down with him too, which was yeah. I think I think I called that. I said they got to get McKenzie involved this week because we didn't see it the first two playoff games. Uh, but yeah, McKenzie creative. Was it was clever. I liked it. Definitely caught the Chiefs by surprise. Like, why? Where is that down? And, and the worst part is, too, Dable has done such a great job this year of being so creative down in the red zone that it's like this is his chance. Like, pull out all the stops. And yeah, they, we could use one of those gadget plays. You know, not only did the, the players were outplayed, sure, great. 
But most important takeaway from this entire game is the coaches were out coached all over the field. Yes, they were. In, in, in all, in you know, I would say two, two of the three phases because Nicole Hardman muffed a punt. But at the end of the day, I mean, offensive defense, the Bills were out coached, and you can't keep doing that every year. Like you got to find a way to get one up. And and like I said, it's coming and you're going to find a way to do it. And it may be a fluke game. It may be a game where maybe like you texted me earlier in the weekend, Nick, maybe Kansas city comes in and they take Buffalo lightly and it becomes a trap game for Kansas city. Yeah. And that was wishful thinking, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I, 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 I all week kept trying to tell myself like, how does really in reality, like how does Buffalo win this game? You know, but I thought Sean McDermott, in Sean McDermott's famous words, was just going to find a way to win this game. And he just was not able to do it, and the coaching staff was not able to put together a solid um, a solid game plan all over the place. But, you know, it's 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 going to be – luckily, I, I it's not going to be a long offseason. You know, we've already lost a month off the offseason like what we usually get. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, it's going to be a different off season because the senior bowl is supposed to be this week or next week. And that's not happening. That that's a pushback a few more weeks. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be an interesting off season because this coaching staff needs to go out and they need to go find a way to compete against Kansas city. I really hope that the first game of the year next year is Thursday night football bills at KC week one. There's a good chance of that I think. I think so. I think the Bills get a number of primetime games this year. I mean, oh, yeah. hell, uh, the Bill Buffalo sets records for every primetime game that they get to watch there, whether it's in the stands or or, or at home. So they're going to get a lot of primetime games. I feel like. Um, but like I said, man, they they have to find a way to go out and need to fi- find players who are going to compete against the Kansas City Chiefs one way or the other, whoever it might be. Offensively, yeah. Yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the, you know, we talk about the field goals, we talked about Allen, like the defense what was what really lost them the game. They didn't get a stop the entire game after or after the first possession. Kansas City no. had one punt and scored on every other possession, if unless you count like they kneeled down before halftime. So it almost it was uh, – remember how they were always talking about you got to find a guy who can cover Gronkowski. It's like you almost need that like hybrid safety who can cover Kelsey because you can't you can't double or bracket everybody on that team. Like somebody's going to keep coming open. Well, isn't that supposed to be Saran Neal? Like isn't that his job? Isn't he supposed to be that safety? I don't know, man. I was just but kidding. I was like, man, I didn't even – Noticed that matchup. I was like, like they they were content to play zone, and like Romo kept saying on the broadcast, like I would put somebody you know right in front of him, and at least you know get in his way. And they were no. I kept I, I kept getting mad. Like Teron Johnson against Tyree Kill, man. How many times are we gonna see that matchup? That is why, an un, unbelievable mismatch. Why are you not putting your all pro defensive back? Which by the way, I'll. I'll why are you not putting your all pro defensive back on Tyree Kill? They don't uh, However, did you see? Did you see the play? That Tyreek Hill, he, he caught the ball, and he, you know coming across the field. By the time Tre'Davious White set his feet to make the wrap-up tackle, 
Hill took a quick step to the right, and White just completely missed him. Tyree Kill I mean, is a cheat code, man. Yeah, well, he shouldn't be in the league. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, d- disciplinary stuff is just ridiculous. The things they let some some get away with and some's not. But well, you got Tyree um, Kill against Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl, Charlie. Yeah, great. The two of them can go somewhere together that I don't want to say on this podcast because I don't know who listens. Yeah. Well, but, let's, uh, let's let's change this up real quick before we wrap up here. We gotta give a positive, something positive. We gotta give a real shout out to Cole Beasley. Came out today. Apparently, he played through a broken fibula. Are you kidding? Dude, Dude broke his leg like Greg Jennings. Broke his fucking leg. Put the team on his back, though. <laughs> Cole Beasley played through a broken fibula. Okay, so this guy balled out in the postseason, threw a broken fibula, and dropped a fire track. New rap song called Sometimes in the middle of the playoffs. Like, what a run for that guy. Dude, I love the Craig Jennings Madden reference because that is probably one of my favorite like videos of all time. Darren Shapa, the most hottest hitting safety in the league. <laughs> I got to put my team on the back, though. Oh, man. Dude, he uh, – yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was crazy that he came out saying he had a broken fibula and played through it. And he said that he's not going to need surgery in the offseason to fix it, so – uh, uh yeah, yeah must have not been cracked that bad but it's like any anything at all and by the way the bill remember the bills got him hurt by playing him late into the patriots game and it was a blowout which is totally totally baloney did, did you see the other thing he said too he says uh um you just take you just take your meds and suck it up <laughs> yeah what a football guy quote yeah right i, I like that no i i like colby a lot he's one guy that you know i'm excited to see what he can do next year when he comes back again healthy um you know i i think the other bright spot you really got to look at on this team is ike botker you know i, like I know ike. i i like ike too i think ike took a huge step this year um, and I think that's going to play into what they decide to do in the offseason with this whole line. You know, you have Feliciano, who's a free agent. Do you bring back Feliciano or not? I say yes, but some say no. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're tight on the cap this year. They're going to have to get fancy with what they do, and we're going to do an offseason mm-hmm. kind of dive in here in a couple weeks. But, um, you know, they got to be creative on what they do, and there's ways to save money. Um, don't be surprised if – one of the top three receivers, which we already said the two. So spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Don't be surprised if one of the top three receivers is not around in a Bills uniform next season. And I think, in all honesty, I think they look better without John Brown this year than what they looked with him. And I think that big drop yesterday was a big indicator. That ball has to be caught. There was no reason for him to not catch mm-hmm. that ball. Singletary too. God, Singletary catch too. That was a backbreaker. I won't be surprised if Singletary's gone. You we know, will talk about this on future episodes. Stay tuned. We will. We will. You know, just trying to get everyone fired up, mm-hmm. um, you know, ready to listen. But in all honesty, there's a lot of positive takes away from this this season. This team will be back. Just ha- have faith. Like, mm-hmm. trust the process, man. That's trust right. It's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Super Bowl predictions later. Um, Charlie, before we go here, give me just your favorite moment from the season. Anything. My favorite moment, in all honesty, has to be just because it was such a fun game to watch all over. Was the Week 17 game against the Dolphins? 
That that game was was just so much fun to watch because I love Matt Barkley needs to be like every quarterback's hype man for till the end of time. <laughs> Swinging <laughs> <But> the jacket. <laughs> Matt Matt Barkley is just, and I don't know if he comes back next year or not, but he's just so much fun to watch. And and when he gets into the game, he's always smiling, just always having a good time. Uh, so that that that's definitely one. And I would definitely say a close second. Um, as stressful as that game was, would be the game against the Rams. Hmm. Tyler, they almost, Collins, yeah, they almost blew it. Never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a tough year that guy had. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, he, he's a guy I, I thought that we see a lot more of, mm-hmm. but I understand having Lee Smith in, especially in a situation yesterday where you need to have some blocking and yeah, you know, old man Lee yeah. stepped up. But how about you, Nick? What was your one? All right, I'll say it's either. The moment you realized Taron Johnson was going to take that interception back for a touchdown, that was uh, like that one's like almost too obvious. But uh, honestly, the uh, week I thought you were going to say week sixteen against the Patriots, they went out there and just embarrassed the Patriots. Like that just felt good. That was like your team clinched a playoff berth by doing this to the Patriots, and just that was a good day. Yeah, that, that was fun too. I mean, don't get me wrong, that was fun. But I, I, I just thought, you know, all in all, seeing the, 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 the players have as much fun as what they did on the field in that Dolphins game, and putting up a mm-hmm. fifty burger on the Dolphins just made it so much sweeter. Yeah, with your backups, that was great. Especially in a game that the Dolphins had a win to get in the playoffs, like it made it that much sweeter. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird thinking like. Like that, there's not really a Bills Dolphins rivalry right now because the Dolphins like are not on their levels. Like like Bills Chiefs is isn't who we're now most worried about. Like that that's the game we have circled next year. Right. It's funny you say there's not a Bills Dolphins rivalry, but like go down to Florida and wear Bills stuff around Dolphins and so there's not a Bills Dolphins rivalry. There's still uh, a Bills I, Dolphins rivalry. That, that's probably that's probably what the Patriots used to think. Like, oh, the Bills think this is a rivalry game. Like, LOL. That's right. <laughs> good, good one, guys. That's like, oh, the, the Dolphins think we're around. okay. Like, right. cool guys. <laughs> right. Let me ask you this: If um, obviously the outcome from 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 last night would be number one, but if there's one thing you could change from this season, would you change anything? And you can't say fans in the stands. Uh, well, yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so there's a lot of things I would change. Um, but, but okay, so so you can't say la- obviously winning last night. You can't say, uh, you know, fans in the stands. Yeah, okay, if if they were still going to lose in the AFC Championship, what would I want changed? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say like this was an incredible season, so you're probably looking at like more like bigger picture things. Uh, we got we got to give a shout out here to tight end Tommy Sweeney, who could not play this season because he got COVID and got myocarditis and has a heart condition and couldn't play. That's like a real life thing that we like to forget about sometimes. Like that's unbelievably messed up, and it happened to a guy on the Jaguars, and it happened to a pitcher on the Red Sox, and it, like that's you know what what an insane thing to have happen to you mm-hmm. during all this. So. I, if, you know, if I could, if, if you're taking away winning the Super Bowl and I have the power to change something, I am, uh, fix, you know, making sure Tommy Sweeney does not get, get his life messed up like that. Yeah. You know, obviously that's, that's a big one. I think that's a good one. Um, I would have liked to see Kenny Stills 
at some point in in a Bills uniform uh, on the and field. Freeman right? too, and Freeman and Freeman. I don't know if they sign him to a. Can you sign those two guys to futures contracts? I don't think so. Mm, probably not, but you can sign like a one year deal with no guarantees. I mean, I, I'd be fine with Freeman coming to take Singletary's place. Just saying. Just saying. Um, you know, I, I, I liked Devonta Freeman. I saw him for a few years down here in Atlanta. I thought he was, you know, legit. Um, but I, 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 I would have rather seen Kenny Stills yesterday, especially because Gabe Davis only played 22% of the snaps. Yeah, he, was, thought, he was definitely hurting. Right. And I, I thought maybe – Kenny Stills could have provided something that uh, something different for for Josh in that offense, and maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe it would have. I don't know, but that that's the one thing I would have seen changed um, or wanted to see change is give Kenny Stills a chance. I would have liked to see what he could do with Josh Allen because I think Kenny Stills is a, a good receiver. I think he's one of the better receivers. You know, obviously that was sitting out there, and I thought yeah, he had that was a great pickup. Miami. Yeah, I mean, good good on good on Brandon Bean, and maybe they find a way to bring him back, um, but. If you would have told me yesterday, Nick, I'm going to steal your tweet. If that the it's going to be the happiest moment of my day yesterday, I would have told you you're you're full of it. The Sabers, uh, man. But we we're we're on to hockey, man. We're, we're let, let's do that hockey. And uh, the Sabers don't look bad. They just got to find a way to finish. Yeah, I, I've watched the games. They've been. Uh... Eichel's gonna start putting some in eventually, but like we'll we'll get there later. I'm not ready to talk Sabers yet. Listen, you got till this podcast goes up tomorrow, and then 24 hours, man. It's time to move on from this game and start start looking towards the offseason because it's gonna be an interesting one, one way or the other. This team is good. This team is a very good team. They're not going anywhere. So just be patient. I, I know it sucks. I know we've waited. All these years, some fans more than others. You know, Nick, you and I have waited about 30 years. There's some fans that have been waiting 80 years, 50 years, well, 50 years, to see this team win a Super Bowl. Our, our time is coming. Just let Brandon Bean do what Brandon Bean does. Go let him find find winners. But I, I, I want to see what they do with who they got and what they need to do on the stretch here because there's a lot of guys that – they need to find cap, and there's definitely ways for them to go out and find $20 million worth of cap, which we'll talk about on the next one or maybe the next one. You're just going to have to continue to listen to the Process Podcast because you never know when we may drop that off-season podcast talk. Um, Nick, anything else before we let the people go today? You could follow us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. We would appreciate that. Send us a question anytime you tweet us a question. We will answer it on our next episode. Also, wherever you listen to your podcast, remember to hit that subscribe button. So you'll be notified every time we drop a new podcast. In case you don't want to miss that off-season preview special that we'll be doing in a couple weeks, you'll be notified first. You'll know when it drops, and you'll be able to listen right away. Um Nick, unfortunately, you know, again, last night was not the ending we want, but the future is bright for our Buffalo Bills down uh, here in the future. Think Things look good. I'm excited. Um, folks, remember to like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff, the Process Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, like Nick said, at the underscore Process Pod. You can follow Nick on Twitter at 
Nick Veronica, or me on Twitter at Chowit68. We appreciate you guys tuning in this year. Appreciate you guys listening. We know you have a lot of options when you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you all trusting the process.